is going to come down to this first step like we usually do. And you guys can come through here, congratulate her, celebrate with her. Her name's Kimber. Come through and shake her hand and give her a high five this morning. Let me get my ears back in.
They laid him down. 
Matthew 24, 44 says, So if you also, so you also must be ready because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect Him. That's something we've got to look forward to. You know what? And I said this last week, but everyone's not got that same thinking. You know, for years and years and years and years when I would hear people talk about the return of Jesus, I would be, oh, <laughs> I don't want to talk about that. That's, that's a little too close for me. And you know what? For a lot of people, it just, you know what? They know, they hear, they've heard, they know, but they don't, they just, they're, they don't want to act on that. It's like, if I don't acknowledge it, it, Jesus will go away and it'll be all right. But no, it won't. So when I accepted the Lord in my life, it's like, yes, I'm ready. I am ready, right? So, I mean, we're all ready. We're all ready. And, and you know what? We'll praise the Lord forevermore. Forevermore, forevermore. And uh, Justine, let's sing that one more time, okay? Let's sing that. Praise the Lord forevermore. Because that's what we're going to do. We're going to sit at the throne of Jesus in heaven. And God, Holy Spirit. <laughs> Justine, let's sing. Oh, praise the name of the Lord our God. Oh, praise His name forevermore. For endless days we will sing of praise. Oh, Lord, oh, Lord our God. Oh, Psalms 47 verse 1 and I know we do this once in a while but it's so special to me when when the saints of Jesus together in a collective shout to the Lord is an awesome thing it's an awesome thing and we read that through the Bible the Bible tells us all different ways to praise the Lord but he does the, the Bible tells us to shout to the Lord uh, Psalm 47 1 says, Oh, clap your hands. Hey, clap your hands. That's an awesome one, too. All you peoples, shout to God with a voice of triumph. You know what? That's easy for me, right? Oh, okay, together we're going to shout to the Lord in a voice of triumph. We're going to give Him praise. We're going to give Him honor. We're going to clap our hands, too. But let's just, together, we're going to lift the Lord up in praise. We're going to shout. Just shout Jesus. Shout praise to Him, whatever it may be. Just shout His name and clap your hands and let's have a hallelujah time. And one, 
two, big one, big time, big time. Take a deep breath. One, two, three. Thank you, Lord. 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 All right. Greet someone around you and say good morning. Amen, amen, amen. What a wonderful time in the Lord. Yes. And let me, uh, let me back up just a little bit when I said, uh, what did I say earlier? <laughs> to the effect of, I'm here for the Holy Spirit. I'm not here for you. I am here for you. <laughs> I know how church folk can be. He don't even want to be here for us. <laughs> I am here for you. But when I come into God's house and it's time to start service, it's me and him. Focus. Yeah. And I'll, I'll follow the Spirit's leading in that. And it may be something for you during that. But I was talking about me and him. Yeah, amen. What a God. That's right. At this time, this is one of my spiritual fathers, spiritual mentors, since I met him uh, five years ago now, right? Five wow. years ago. He came by here and he's come by, dropped in a few times since then. And we, we, we talk, text frequently. Always gives me encouragement. But I want you guys to give a warm welcome from Orchardville Church to Mr. Dwayne Corbin. Thank you, man. I love you. Mm-hmm. Amen. Woo. All right. I've only got two verses today, so I figured it'd take about 50 minutes. I noticed my wife is laughing because you think I'm joking. She knows better. But no, I, I really won't be that long, I hope. But um, uh, how many of you have ever had to go under a surgical procedure. Can I see your hand? Oh, wow. Okay, we got a lot of cut-ups in here. Um, do, do you know what the most important thing that is necessary for any surgery? Do you know what it is? It's a patient. If there was never a patient, there would never be need of a surgeon. If there were never a sinner there would never be need of a savior. One thing about surgeons, surgeons have a surgical team. They do the prep. There are some that go in and sterilize the operating room. There are some that are prepping the patient. They're getting, they're sterilizing the instruments. They're getting everything ready for the success of that surgical procedure. Now, it is important that we think of ourselves as members of the surgical team for the great physician, Jesus Christ. Tonight, tomorrow night and Tuesday night, this is going to become an operating room. Because how many of you ever heard of Dutch Sheets? You ever heard of Dutch Sheets? written a lot of awesome books on spiritual warfare, but Dutch wrote a little book and he got the title of the book uh, because his brother had been invited to go in and to observe a surgical procedure where they literally had to stop the man's heart to do the procedure. And after the procedure was over, with all of their knowledge and all of their, tech, uh, their, their, their technical things and all the equipment they have, They could not get this man's heart started again. And finally, the surgeon leans over the patient and he says, tell your heart to beat again. 
And that's the title of the book. But it says instantly that man's heart began to beat. And understand, tonight, Jesus, the Father, the Holy Spirit is going to be here and he's going to say to those that are dead in their sins that cannot get their heart started for the things of God, he's going to say, tell your heart to beat again. But they've got to be here. They have got to be here. And so, guys, we've got to get them here by hook or crook, all right, as the old saying goes. But we've got to get them here. So, guys, I hope you sense the urgency in your pastor's voice and in my voice because time, I believe, is running out as we know it. All right, that commercial is over. Praise the Lord. Now, if you've got your Bibles, turn to 2 Corinthians chapter for I love the word of God. Every time we open our Bible, God opens his mouth. I'm going to preach this morning on untying the knots. Well, there's a problem. They spelled knots wrong. Okay? It just probably drives some of you crazy right now. But no, we're not talking about a rope. We're talking about N-O-T-S. Are you ready? Negative opinions that stifle. Negative opinions that keep you from reaching your potential and your destiny in the Lord Jesus Christ. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 8 and 9, there are four knots that we want to be able to untie with the help of the Holy Spirit, the blood of Jesus, and the love of the Father. Amen? Amen. All right, thank you for that. There's four of you. Now, uh, if, uh, if you're at 2 Corinthians 4, 8, say Amen. Now, the scripture says we are hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. And I, I just want to read on just another verse here. Always caring about in the body... The dying of the Lord Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our body. Wow. To know that we carry the death and the life of Jesus Christ so the life of Jesus might be revealed in our mortal bodies. But I want to focus on verse 8 and 9. And so as we look here, it says perplexed. What does it mean to be perplexed? That, guys, we... We have come to a point where we are just absolutely baffled. Have you ever been baffled by life? Okay, why is this happening? Why, what, you know, why is all this going on? But the Bible says, but not. Here is one of those negative opinions that stifle. But it says, not crushed. What does that mean to be crushed? All right. Well, young man, can I get you to volunteer? Would you come up here, please? Yeah, would you just come and lay on the floor? I, I just want to give you an illustration of what it means to be crushed. Just lay right out here. Stretch yourself out there. Now, what's your name? Cameron. Cameron. Okay, very good. So understand the word crushed is um, stenokoreo in the Greek. And it's a compound word, stenos, which means a narrow, restricted, and koreo means place. So stenokoreo literally means that we are confined. And years ago, in the ancient days, when a man was guilty, I mean, look at him, he's guilty. All right? He's done something wrong, and so this is for the parents that some, the sin he's never confessed, it's coming out today. But when a man was going to be punished, 
they would literally stake him to the ground so he could not move in any way, shape, or form. They would pick up a boulder with a winch weighing uh, a couple of thousand pounds, and they would dangle it over his chest. Then they would drop that boulder one half inch at a time. Have you ever had somebody sit on your chest? It's hard to breathe, isn't it? Can you imagine a couple of thousand pounds sitting on your chest? Okay? All right. You need CPR. No. <laughs> so a couple, of, a couple of thousand pounds, at, and, and so he's fighting for every breath, and they'll just leave it there. And they'll leave it there for a while, and then they'll drop it another half inch. And, and by this time, the ribs begin to crack. Some of them would break. Sometimes they would even puncture the lung. And they would just leave it there. And he's fighting and gasping for more. And then they drop it another half inch. All right? And all of a sudden, and sometimes blood would actually come out of the mouth, out of the nose, out of the, yeah, even sometimes out of the eyes and the ears because he was being stenocoreo. He was being literally crushed and yet very much alive. That's what that word means. And there are some, thank you, thank you. Give him a hand. Amen. Thank you, thank you, thank you. All right. We may be seeing him later on in the show. Who knows? <laughs> but, um, but understand, that's what it means, that, that we have people sitting here, and you feel like you've got this weight on your chest. But God never called us to live in a narrow place. He never called us to live in a restricted place. That because of the provision of Jesus Christ, because he sent us the power of the Holy Spirit, he has a wide open area for us of blessings that we can obtain to. And so if you feel like you've been backed up into a corner today, let me know you are not supposed to stay there. How are we going to get out of this? Well, can I just begin to tell you, it starts with an attitude. Now listen, I know that when you hear the word attitude, you automatically think of the negative. When you think of attitude, you think of teenagers. Okay? Okay? Yeah. She got an attitude. The one in the second right there. Got the arms folded, got an attitude right there. Attitude. Okay? If you look up the word attitude, her picture's right there beside the word. Attitude. Now, see, her arms are no longer folded. Okay, her face is blood red, but her arms are not folded. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Now, I've only got a half hour. I'm trying to hurry. Now, <laughs> we're only on the first knot. Guys, I'm talking about a Jesus overcoming attitude. According to Philippians chapter 2, he said, Our attitude should be the attitude of Christ Jesus, who did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but he emptied himself and became obedient to death, even death on the cross. Therefore, God has given him a name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. That's the kind of attitude. Because understand, there was a day, I still cannot fathom this, there was a day that Jesus bowed his knee. And that night that which he was betrayed, he said, Father, Father, if it be thy will, remove this cup from me. The very thought 
of Jesus taking your sins, my sins, our sins, and the sins of the world horrified himself. It horrified him. But aren't you glad he didn't stop there? He said, nevertheless, not my will, thy will be done. He was looking for an out. Don't we always try to take the the short way out? I I don't want to have to go through this. But Jesus set an example for us. I'm so glad he died for my sins because I could never pay the debt that I owe for my sins. And so guys, we've got to have that kind of attitude, but attitude alone isn't enough. Peter had an attitude. I love Peter. I I think I'm a descendant of Peter because the guy always opened his mouth and put his foot in it. Okay? That's just Peter. But even one day, Peter said, Jesus, if everybody else abandoned you, I ain't leaving you, Jesus. We found out that was a lie. Because attitude was not enough. But we've got to have seed. What is the seed? It is the living word of God. Every time we open our Bible, God opens his mouth. He wants to talk to us. He wants to talk to us. And so what is the seed that we need? Well, in Romans 8.28, you guys know this, and it says, and we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God, to those who have been called according to his purpose. So that is the seed. Now understand this. There are many translations that do not insert the word God. But in the Greek text it's there. Because some will just say we know that all things work together. Not true. That God causes all things to work together. Why? Because the devil can manipulate things. The devil can manipulate people. But it's God in those things. That he is synergizing everything that is happening in our lives. And understand, nothing happens in our life that doesn't first go through a a, a nail-scarred hand. And that guys understand that he says God causes all things. What things? Everything. Good things, bad things, church things, family things. Oh my goodness. I I mean, we could talk for an hour just about family. Remember, holidays are not about being with people you love. It's about being with family. (laughs) Praise God anyhow. But guys, understand, and and it's the word in the Greek is is a, a synergy. That word synergy in the English, that God is taking all of these things. Do you know what the ultimate goal of God is for your life? It is to conform each and every one of us to the image of his son, Jesus Christ. But it's got to come with an attitude and it's got to come with the seed of God's word. You've got to have both. And when we get to that place in our lives, God is going to be there for us. That guys, that we don't have to live in a, in a narrow place, in a restricted place. That guys, that, that we need to be able to untie that knot of, of that feeling of being crushed in our lives. And, and, but you know what? It means it's going to take integrity. Sometimes you have to go to the hard place. You know, many times in my life, I've gone to the hard place, and every time I've ended up in the hard place, guess who I met there? The Lord. He was there every time. And so, guys, it's going to take integrity. 
And we're going to have to be able to deal with some things. Now, let's keep moving here. Let's go to our second knot. All right. And so he goes on to say here that, uh, let me go back to the scripture here real quick in 2 Corinthians, uh, that we are, um, we are perplexed, but not in despair. All right. What does it mean to be in despair? And I love this Greek word. The word is exa pereomai. Everybody say exa pereomai. Now, ek is a positive word. It literally means out of. I believe in the pre-tribulation of the church because the Bible says that God will ek save us out of the tribulation. That is why I hold to a pre-trib position for the rapture of the church. Now, but the word there is excess. So when you put an A, the positive becomes a negative. So it literally means no out. And pereomai is the Greek word that we use for our pores. And, and you can see the result of sin when zits break out in teenagers. Okay? You know that that is a result of sin. You know, I, I even know teenage boys that will allow their mamas to put makeup on them. Could you imagine homecoming, prom, and you wake up that morning and there's that great big huge horn called a zit. It sticks out about a quarter of an inch. And everybody's like, don't look at it. Don't look at it. Stop looking at me. Stop looking at me. I mean, I mean look up the word drama. It'll say, see, teenager. Okay? And so they... Look at, oh, look at them over here. Boy, they're all just moving now. Look at them. <laughs> Praise God. But hey, welcome to church. All right. But, but guys, have you ever had something inside of you that you can't get out? You know, I can still remember my family, my mom, my dad, my aunts and uncles, every year, every year on December 31st, about 1159, they got cigarette between two fingers in one hand, a glass of booze in the other hand. Yeah. No more. Happy New Year. They're giving it up. They're giving it up. Not one of them ever made it past January 1st. They had something inside of them that they could not get out. And when those things are trapped inside, it leads to despair. That is what despair is. But guys, understand, God did not cause us to live in despair. God, by the Holy Spirit, wants to take some things out of us. He wants it to get out of us. So understand, I'm going back. It's going to have to start with an attitude. I refuse to stay the way that I am. I need God to transform me, to be renewed. But guys, that attitude's not enough. Now we've got to have the seed of God's word. And what does the word of God say? And it says here, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Wow. I have purposed in my life because understand when I was born, I wasn't supposed to live. So I had a staph infection as a baby. My mom couldn't put a diaper on me till I was after six months old. 
The last time I saw my dad, I was nine years old. He was trying to kill my mother. And I remember at nine years old, I'm watching my, my dad punch my mom in the face. I, I was so angry. I got between my, my mom and dad and I pushed my dad. And I swear to this day, if I had a knife or a gun, I'd have killed my dad. And the sheriff had to come and get us off the property. And, and, and I never saw him again. I have been chased that, by people that have sharp metal objects and guns. And I have been amazed that through my first 19 years of life that God kept me alive. Amen. And he brought me to the knowledge. Hey, listen, I'm so glad that God brought me to a place where I can have a relationship with the son Jesus Christ. Because I said I would never grow up to be like my dad, but that's exactly, my dad was an abusive alcoholic. I said I'd never be like my dad, but before Jesus, that's exactly what I was doing. That's what I was becoming. And so understand, I had to get me an attitude. Even if I get so close that, that the shadow of death falls upon my life, I refuse to fear. I will not be afraid. And even if fear tries to come upon me, I know who I can turn to in the Lord Jesus Christ. And I can say, Father, I need help. It's got to come from the seed of God's word. The Lord is my helper. He is an ever-present help in times of trouble. All right, we're going to keep moving here. All right, let's go to verse number 9. And he says here, persecuted but not forsaken. And, you know, this one really kind of hit home to be abandoned by my dad. And I said I would never grow up to be like my dad, but when I was a teenager, I, I, and I, I said this the other day, but I, I used to run with a gang. I don't know if we were really a gang, but we called ourselves a gang. We were the Colby Crunchers, okay? Yeah, that's just true. <laughs> None of us were saved. We were all crazy. We were the kind of guys that would take a dead cow and put it up the flagpole at the high school. All right, that's just the kind of thing. And we just thought it was fun. All right, but anyway, we like to go to the movies. But we never like to pay for the movies. And see, we discovered at our local theater in Sandusky, Ohio, that you notice when you're looking at the screen, there's two red signs at the bottom. They say exit. We discovered that one of those doors were always unlocked. And so we would start at one end of the movie theater and we would pry our fingers between the door and the jam until we found the door that was unlocked. And then we would go in and watch the movies for free. So one night we're at the movies, we get to the first door and here is a set of headlights at the other end of the building, but there are additional lights, red and blue, at the top. <laughs> and so we really decided it was not in our best interest to fellowship. So we took off running. We ran around to the front of the movie theater. I dove underneath the van. My best friend dove underneath the car and all the rest of these clowns got caught like deer in the headlight. And so here comes the cop and he stops right beside my head. I am now looking at a pair of glossy black shoes. And God is my witness. This is what was going through my mind. I wanted to reach out I tie those shoes and tie them together. I really did. I did. I, I, and I'm like, oh, Jesus, if I do that, I'm going to jail. And, uh, but I was willing 
to abandon. It didn't dawn on me until after I came to Jesus Christ. I was doing to my friends what my father did to me. I recognized that I was a part of a generational curse. But Jesus came in and now I can be part of a generational blessing. But guys, we have to be able to operate that way. Because I recognize that even sitting in this sanctuary, there could be some ladies here and you feel absolutely abandoned. There could be some men sitting here today, you feel abandoned, forsaken by your wife and your children. To know that we can be in a crowded room and feel all alone. But understand, God did not intend for us to live life that way. But it's got to come with an attitude. I'm not going to stay the way I am. I want God to do something in me. I do want him to conform me to the image of his son, Jesus Christ, who gave up his life so I could have life in him. But understand, attitude, once again, is not enough. It's got to have seed. I've got to have the word of God. I've got to have the word. And so the Bible says here, um, uh, in Hebrews chapter 13, 5 and 6, he says, let your conduct be without covetousness, be content with such things as you have. For he himself said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? And then even in, in Matthew uh, 28, Jesus says that I am with you even to the end of the age. God is not man that he should lie. Because let me tell you, there was a time, even as a Christian, I remember standing, leaning up against the back wall of our sanctuary. And I mean, everybody is worshiping the, the Lord. I mean, everybody's just there. They're having fun. They're having church. And I felt nothing. I felt dead inside. And I said, God, where are you? Where are you? And I'm just standing there with my eyes closed. And all of a sudden, here comes a friend, Tom Goodsight. And he lays his hand on my shoulder. And he just began to pray for me. And the Lord said, I've been here all the time. You see, sometimes we lose sight of God. Even in the midst of, of other people celebrating God, it can be so easy to lose the sight of God. We can even get angry and bitter at God. But you guys, it, it's never helped me. And so guys, that is how we can overcome. Now let's look at the last one here. In the last half of verse 9, the scripture says here that um, um, struck down but not destroyed. What does it mean to be destroyed? It's not just annihilating something. That's a part of it. But it literally can mean being rendered to the point that we become useless. God is not wanting us to feel like we have been destroyed. Because every single one of us, if we are in Jesus Christ, we have a purpose and we have a destiny. And guys, that God did not just put us here to come and sit in these nice padded chairs, but that we are to be busy for the kingdom of God. Because the, the Bible still says that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. 
And so, guys, we've got to be able to uh, come against this. And so, um, uh, uh, Renee's brother, George, George began weightlifting at the age of 13. And, and George's been weightlifting all of his life. He's, he's about as round as he is tall because he's just a short guy. But, I mean, there was a time that George was bench pressing about 450 pounds. And George was the kind of guy that would never grab the bar. He just rested on his palms and he would go up with that bar. And one day as he's going up with that 450 pounds, the, the, the bar fell off of his palms and popped him in the chest. The weight bench underneath George broke in two. George was fine. Because understand, understand that he had been resisting so long that he was able to withstand the blow of that 450 pounds crashing down. All right, uh, bring your buddy. You two come back up here real quick. Come here. All right, come here. Come here real quick. Come here. Take your time, but hurry up. All right. Now, I want you guys to stand face to face. All right. Now, I want you guys to begin to push each other. Go on right now. Do it. Take your time, but do it. Now, put, now keep, keep, keep going. He was talking about you earlier. Come on. I mean, you should have heard what he was saying. Now, get him, get him. Keep going, keep going, keep going. Get him, get him. Push back, push back. Don't take that from him. All right? I've seen better. Okay. <laughs> now, thank you, guys. Thank you, guys. All right. What's the point? Without an enemy, you will never experience a victory. Without resistance, you will never get stronger. If these guys were serious and they started pushing, one would dominate the other. But if they did it every day, pretty soon, both of them would be equal because of that resistance. Understand, guys, it is time to start pushing back. Because we know while the enemy is here, the Bible makes it very clear in John he says that the devil has come to steal, to kill, and destroy. And we have got to push back. We have got to push back, not just for our sake, but for the sake of our families, for the sake of our community, for the sake of our neighbors, for the sake of our peers, for the sake of our teenagers that are walking up and down the aisles, uh, the hallways of the schools. We've got to push back for those that you are working with and they, they're lost. They're going to split hell wide open. It's time for us to push back. Because I understand the oppressiveness of the enemy. And he wants to keep you bottled up. He wants to destroy your testimony. He wants to destroy the word of God in your life. I am always amazed at the number of Christians that do not read their Bible on a regular basis. There's only one thing that makes me a Christian. And it's Christ. How can I call myself a Christian if I spend no time with Christ? And remember, Christ is not his last name. That's his title. Just to clear that up. Oh, well, there's Jesus Christ. No, 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 no. That's not his last name. That's his title. We have four knots. We've got to have an attitude. How are we going to overcome this attitude? Because understand, in John 16, it says this, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble. 
As my pastor used to say in Philadelphia, cheer up, things will get worse. (laughs) He said, you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. So we have the attitude and we take the seed of God's word. This is vitally important. Have you been tied up? Is there a knot? Do you have that negative opinion that stifles? Do you have that negative opinion that that absolutely has paralyzed you in your walk with the Lord Jesus Christ? Today, God is here to set you free. Bow your heads with me. See, I recognize that even today, somebody may be here in this sanctuary and you have been tied up and you've been trying to get loose and you've been doing it without Jesus Christ. But you know what the Bible says? Today is a day of salvation. And as your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed, I'm going to ask if there's anybody here in this building and you say, Dwayne, I need to accept Jesus Christ as my personal Lord and Savior. I am not going to meet with success unless Jesus becomes a part of my life, unless he becomes my life. Is there someone here today that you need to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? I'd love to pray for you. If that's you, would you just put your hand up right now? Say, Dwayne, I need salvation. I need to get saved. I see one hand. Is there someone else? I need salvation. Because the Bible says that whom the Son is set free is free indeed. All right, you can put your hand down. You say, Dwayne, I've got Jesus. But you know what? I I feel the weight. I feel like I've been backed into a corner and I'm being crushed. Life has not been kind to me. Things have gone wrong at work. Things are going wrong at home. Things are going wrong at this and everything else and, and, and just all kinds of things and Guys, we can look at all of our problems and and just be overwhelmed and be crushed by these things. Or we can look at what God has given us for a cure. Because just as Moses was lifted up, uh, lifted up the snake, uh, the serpent on the pole, so Jesus Christ was lifted up. And so everything depends on our focus. Say, Dwayne, I feel like I'm being crushed. And I just need some prayer today. If that's you, would you just put your hand up right now? Dwayne, would you pray for me? I see a hand already. Is there someone else? I see another hand. I saw one more. I see one more. I see several hands here. I just feel like I'm, I'm under a great stress. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thank you. You can put your hands down. Say, so, Dwayne, I, I, I feel like I am in despair. I've got something in my life. And no matter what I've done up to this point, I cannot get this thing out. And I don't want to carry this thing around anymore. This thing is is clogged me up. It has blocked my pores. I feel like I can't even breathe. And I just need to get rid of this thing. I, I want this thing out of my life. If that's you and you want prayer, would you just put your hand up? Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. God bless you. Yes, ma'am. Thank you. So, Dwayne, I I feel like I've been forsaken. I feel like I've just been abandoned. I don't know where to go. I don't know who to turn to. I don't want to bother my pastor. And yet, he's probably been waiting for some of you to come. 
I feel like I've lost my purpose. I feel like I've lost my destiny. I don't like this feeling. I, I, I want to step into the blessings of God today. If that's you and you want prayer, would you just put your hand up? I see hands. Anyone else? And finally, Dwayne, I, I just feel like I'm absolutely going to be destroyed. I am just been paralyzed by circumstances in life. And it has rendered me void. I am that person without purpose. Especially in the things of God. And if that's you today, and say, Dwayne, I want to be set free from that. If that's you, just put your hand up right now. All right. Now here's what I'm going to ask. Would you all just stand up right now? Just stand up. I'm going to ask that all of you that raised your hand, as these guys begin to play and sing and worship, whatever you guys do, trust me, it won't bother me. But I just want to ask you guys just to come down here. Come down here to the altar. Because I would just love to pray for you today. Would you just come right now and just meet me down here? Just form a line across here. Because I just, I'd love to pray with you. And if we've got some folks that want to pray, you're, you're always welcome. Just come form a line face me. Don't, don't face them. They'll scare you. Amen. That's right. They're, they're scary. Don't look at my wife. <laughs> but understand what the Bible says. Whom the Son has set free is free indeed. The Bible says there is no fear in the perfect love of God. And you know, some of the fears that we carry around as human beings, that we, we fear that we've disappointed God. And yet understand there is nothing, there is nothing that you will ever do to make God stop loving you. No matter how bad you've blown it. Remember, I was the guy in charges for, I was on charges for attempted manslaughter. God never gave up on me. He looked beneath the surface of my life and he saw that there was something in me was worth him sending his son to die for my sins. I used to walk the streets with a 357 Magnum. I never shot anybody, but God knew I was crazy enough to do it. And so guys, I just want to take a moment, pray for you. Have you ever accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? All right, I'm going to rededicate. Great, great thing to do. So in fact, guys, let's just, let's just do it this way. Can I, I just want to lead everyone in a prayer. I'm even going to ask those of you at your seats that we, we'd all just pray together. I'm going to lead you in a prayer and I want you to repeat the prayer after me. But now listen to me, there's more to it than this. I want you to say the prayer out loud, but I want you to mean it with all of your heart. Because the Bible says that if you will confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. So everyone, just bow your heads right now. Father, I just thank you for your grace, for your salvation. Now repeat after me, Heavenly Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. I acknowledge I'm a sinner and I need a Savior. Forgive me of my sins. Help me turn from my sins. I accept Jesus Christ as my personal Savior. Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God. Jesus, I believe you died for my sins. 
And I now declare, Jesus is my Lord. Amen. Now, Father, I thank you. There was a day that she accepted you, but then God, she got bound up. She got tied up. And today, Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that you begin to untie the knots that have, that those negative opinions that have stifled her, that have, that have just shut down her destiny in the Lord Jesus Christ. Because your word says, whom the Son is set free is free indeed. And God, I thank you that your promises to her are yes and amen in Christ Jesus. And so God, you finish what you started. And so God, I thank you that right now that as she starts this journey again, that God, you take her back to the point when she got off the path and you bring her to that place and help her to grow to fulfill her purpose in your kingdom in Jesus' name. Father, I pray for this young lady today. Lord, she's standing up here because she's been tied up. There is some negative things that are inside of her and she wants to get them out. And I pray that God, for the infilling of the Holy Spirit to push out all the negativity that is in her life. I pray that the blood of Jesus Christ would cover the multitude of her sins. Yes, God, we've all sinned and we've all fallen short of the glory of God. But I pray, God, take those things away from her. And I pray, God, that you fill her up with the power of your love in the name of Jesus Christ. Finish what you started right here today in Jesus' name. Father, I pray that God, that you help her to overcome her fears and her insecurities. Help her to overcome those negative. God, that it is so easy for her to go negative. But God, everything, help her to realize today, everything depends upon her focus. God, not don't let her just look at life, but let her look at the solution that you have brought to her. That yes, one day Moses lifted up the serpent and Jesus, you were lifted up. You have something for her to look at. I pray that God, she'll never take her eyes off the cross. She'll never take her eyes off the Lord Jesus Christ. That God, that you help her to see the grace and the mercy that even gave her the strength to step up here today. So God, do this for the sake of your name. Do it, Lord. I pray that transformation to be transformed by the renewing of her mind in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Father, I pray right now the mind of Christ. There have been many times in your life you've allowed the devil to use your mind as his playground. But Paul said something very interesting as he wrote to the Corinthian church. He said, take every thought captive to make it obedient to Christ. You need to take those thoughts captive and you need to put them down. You have that authority in Jesus Christ. So Father, I pray that you help her. God, those thoughts, those negative thoughts that have paralyzed her. And God, I think that Jesus, one day you spoke to a man that was paralyzed and he said, get up, pick up your mat and walk. I pray today, God, help her to get up no longer paralyzed by her thinking, by that negative thought. God, help her to take control of those things rather than they having her that she would have them. And that God, that she would walk in the power and the love of the Lord Jesus Christ. God, we speak this thing.
right now. Father, right now. Lord, we just lay hands right here, right now. And I pray for the overwhelming power of you, Holy Spirit, to begin to minister right now. God, she's standing up here because she has acknowledged there is a negative opinion that has stifled. It has, it has brought her to a point where, God, she feels like uh, she is not able to function. But God, your word says, greater are you that is in her than he that is in the world. And I pray, God, that you help her to take her eyes off of the circumstances and help her to get her eyes focused upon you and what you have for her today. That God help her, because your word says that when she accepted Jesus, that all things passed away and behold, all things become new. God, I thank you that she is a new creature in Christ Jesus. That God, that even her thought life is being transformed. Make her a woman of the word. Make her a woman of prayer. God, help her to be able to step up and say, in the name of Jesus, leave me alone. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Father, I just pray right now. I pray for the outpouring of the Spirit. I pray, God, I thank you that her with you, Holy Spirit, and today she can call you Abba, Father. And I pray, God, for your touch on our lives. I pray, God, that you need her right here today at the point of her need and take her to the place that you want her to be. And so, God, she found up.
that God, that I, I pray that his past would not have any impact upon his present. Because God, we know that we've all sinned, we've all fallen short of the glory of God. And I pray that God, there's times that he, he tries to bring his past into the present. But I pray, God, that let all of these things die. Let him see himself as that new creature in Christ Jesus. So, Father, I thank you for a clean heart of your heart. Even David said, created me a clean heart, oh God, a right spirit within me. He said, cast me not away from thy presence, but restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. And I pray, God, you just restore joy. anybody else want prayer before we switch gears here? Anyone else? I, I'm always so glad to be able to pray for somebody. Amen. Amen. And guys, go ahead and be seated. Go ahead and be seated. Thank you, guys. You guys can stay at the altar as long as you want to. Trust me. If you guys want to just kneel at the altar and spend some time in prayer, you'll never hurt my feelings. Guys, I think I know that we have all experienced the blessings of God. We can testify that the provision of God. We have seen that God has just done some incredible things. And what he's done for us, he'll do for others. But we have got to bring them together with the Savior. And I, if we'll get them to God, I know he'll do the rest. So I pray that even this afternoon, whatever you're going to do, of course, if you're the cast, you're here. You're stuck with me all day. Praise God anyhow. But I, I want you to see every individual as the reward of Jesus' suffering. Because understand, we understand, we know that when Jesus died, it was for a purpose. There was a payoff in his uh, suffering, in his death, and, and his dying, his death. We are that reward. You are the reward of Jesus' suffering. He died for you, but he also died for them. I want them to know that they are the reward of Jesus' suffering. That he gave up his life so that they could have life in him. Amen. Pastor, what do you need to do, Ham? It's all yours. Dwayne, a hand for that word he brought this morning. The cast, I mean, if you've been around Dwayne and Renee, you know how much they love the Lord, how much passion they have with what they do in this Heaven's Gates, Hell's Flames. Uh, they've been doing it for 28 years. Is that right? 28 years. <laughs> 28 years of taking this uh, ministry on the road and bringing people to Jesus and, and letting God work. They, they're doing what they're called to do, and God does the rest. The Holy Spirit does the rest as those people come in to see what this is about. And like he said, we can't stress enough about getting people here. Just get them here every way you can. Um, cast and altar workers, all of you need to be here. By uh, The cast is here all day. Again, I want to remind you of that. We're going to feed you lunch. But the altar workers, I need you here by 6 o'clock. We'll be back in Modified Youth for a time of devotion and prayer before the service. 
I love, I love, I love, I love for everybody to bring somebody that doesn't know the Lord. It's in this house right now. Bring somebody that doesn't know the Lord. Get them out here this week. I can't stress that enough. Um, but that's why we're here. That's why we're, why, why we're a church. That's why we're a body right here, to see people come to know the Lord and disciple them and let them grow in that. So I appreciate them so much. I appreciate you guys being here this morning. Again, did you enjoy what God had in store for us today? Amen. Amen.